The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden. And there's only days left for Election Day. And I had a chance to speak with Senator Ted Cruz. But first, I want to talk about Paul Pelosi. This was uh, news that broke over the weekend, and I wanted to uh, give you a couple of thoughts on that because I find it interesting that there has immediately been so many conspiracy theories and, uh, you know, some people say conspiracy fact and, you know, listen, I, I get it. I'm not picking a side here necessarily. More so I'm bringing up the point that it's just amazing how there is so much more distrust now for the media than there really has been in the past. So now it's, you get a headline and you almost have to start deciphering it to figure out what it really means. And this is happening on both sides. You've got the Democrats that see the headline that say some guy hit Pelosi with a hammer and they right away turn around. This is a radical MAGA Republican. This guy is out there, you know, for blood. It's because of Trump, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they put a camera outside the guy's house and he's got this Black Lives Matter uh, sign on his house and a, a uh, LGBTQ flag. And they interview the neighbors and the guy says, yeah, I've known him his whole life. He, he's been a left wing activist, you know, for Greenpeace and whatnot. And uh, then you have the, the Democrats going on Face the Nation and all the other shows saying, no, he is a radical MAGA Republican. And that is the, um, the issue there. Shame on the media for not holding it down. Shame on the media for not doing the job that they've had to do so that people will have trust and faith in the institution of the media and the mission behind them of informing people so that they can make a decision on things. It's unfortunate. All I can say is I know that um, Elon Musk had put out a tweet and then deleted a tweet. And there's all over the social media, everybody's asking why Paul Pelosi was found in his underwear, or many are saying half naked. Uh, I would presume, again, even if some of these stories are true, uh, it, at that hour, I think it was 2.30 in the morning, uh, people that sleep in a t-shirt and boxers, you know, you get into a fight, they rip your shirt off. I mean, it's very, very possible that one would be struggling with somebody and be half naked. <laughs> you know, that that could happen, especially if you're on the left side of the spectrum and you don't want to have a gun in your house and you don't have armed security outside and everybody thinks that uh, so many of these people are protected, but the reality is no, they're not that protected. And I mean, people call into the radio all the time 
to say how I saw Maxine Waters, I saw AOC. These people don't have security. Cori Bush, the congresswoman from, I forget what state that is. Is that Wisconsin? I'm hoping I'm not getting that wrong. But anyway, uh, Cori Bush, she um, spends uh, from her own pocket, I think something like $70,000 a year on private security to keep herself safe because, you know, she decided to defund the police, so crime is on the rise. But this is part and parcel of what's happening. And it's uh, it's lamentable, of course. But on top of that, it's it's just... You can't, nobody, they're not all the president. So they can't all have like a secret service or Capitol police detail wherever they go. They might have some increased protection in certain areas. But if Pelosi's in Washington, she's not going to have a detail on her house. Her husband's not uh, a target until now. Now he's a target. So maybe that'll change. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure there's FBI and other things like that um, because she is speaker of the house. It's not unheard of, in my opinion, for, for that to be that way. I just, I totally see how you can have a house that it doesn't have maybe an alarm. I, you know, I would suspect that if it were me, I'd probably have home protection. I wouldn't have a guard outside, but I'd probably have, you know, a nine millimeter. If hollow points are allowed in California, I'd have those too. And make sure that I, I can protect myself, my family, maybe even something of a bigger caliber, maybe a shotgun, you know, just keeping the home safe. And that would be very close to where I sleep so that, you know, when I hear the hammer guy coming in through the back or breaking the glass from the outside in or from the inside out because the glass was on the outside. There's so many questions here. But all of that being said, you can protect yourself. Here, he wasn't able to protect himself. So I, I wish Mr. Pelosi the best. I really do. Uh, those of you who have listened to this program or my, um, my, my weekend show and podcast, This Is America with Rich Valdez, You've probably heard about my dad who suffered a traumatic, a traumatic brain injury, and uh, I dealt with that for seven years. So I have a very big soft spot for people with traumatic brain injuries, and any type of head injury can, can become such a, a TBI, as they're called. And, and it's a, it's a life-changing thing, a family-changing thing. So I, I don't think that they would make light of that and say that he was having skull surgery. But again, um, you know, I'm sure stranger things have happened, but that seems to be uh, some of the things I'm seeing online, and I just think... It's, it's a little too soon to, to just be commenting that way. I think we should try to have a little bit of couth, try to have a little bit of empathy, and, you know, pay attention to what's really going on. Um, because whether we like it or not, this is an October surprise that we don't really want, right? Nobody wants Paul Pelosi to be hurt and for us to shift our attention off of the midterm elections. And straight ahead, I'm going to get into that with Senator Ted Cruz uh, from Texas. So I don't want you to miss this. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. 
Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. He's got his finger on the pulse of so many things. He's been on a bus tour across America. He knows exactly what's going on. And he's got a new book that we're going to talk about. Senator Ted Cruz, welcome to the program. Rich, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, sir. So I, I want to dig into a lot of things. We've got two segments and there's a lot to cover. So I want to get your, your take on just the political landscape right now with midterms um, chomping at the bit, ready to go. W where do you see things going? Well, I'll tell you, I'm tremendously optimistic. I am in the middle of what has been a month-long 17-state national bus tour. And so we've been crisscrossing the nation. I spent all day today uh campaigning with herschel walker in the state of georgia i think herschel's going to win in georgia uh turns out i'm not the only one chuck schumer was caught on a hot mic today uh <laughs> telling joe biden uh that that, that 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 they're slipping in georgia and he's right they are they haven't they're not just slipping I, i think they've fallen down all across the country i've been campaigning with senate candidates and house candidates and i think we're going to have a fantastic election i think republicans are going to retake both the house and the senate And from what I see on the ground, momentum is growing everywhere. And I think people are really frustrated with the path we're on right now with the idiotic policies coming from Washington. And, and they want to change the direction of the country. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people are, are sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're ready for a change. Now, that seems to be the consensus from from everybody that we're talking to. And I guess that's what you're getting on the different events that you're doing. But it doesn't change the fact that we've seen so much in the last year or so uh, or two years, I should say. We kind of saw the reckless leak from the Supreme Court. We saw parents yep. uh, being labeled with a threat tag because they were daring to speak up at school board meetings. Uh, we've seen uh, people that have legitimate concerns over how elections are, are being done or how ballots are being accepted if they're postmarked or not postmarked at all. And 
and and there's just a whole lot of drama when it comes to just politics overall. And and you've written this book, and I, I want to hear, uh, I guess you know, I guess a the impetus for the book, and and b um, your your general consensus of what type of impact you think it's going to make. Sure. Well, the book is called Justice Corrupted: How the Left Has Weaponized the Legal System. And, and each of the topics you just mentioned are covered in detail in, in the book. What the book does is it examines in particular how Barack Obama and now Joe Biden have politicized the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS and the CIA and all the machinery of the federal government and have weaponized it, have used it now, turned them into tools to attack their enemies. And, and we are sadly seeing this over and over again. We're seeing it, whether it's the FBI raiding the home of President Trump, Mar-a-Lago, first time in the history of our country that's ever been done, or whether it's the FBI raiding pro-life activists showing up at their door with machine guns drawn while their children are screaming and crying. This Department of Justice behaves as if it is the political enforcer of the DNC. And this is a pattern that has been growing and growing. It began in earnest under Barack Obama and under Joe Biden. It's really metastasized and, it, and it's dangerous. It's a threat, I believe, to the rule of law, but it's also a threat to our fundamental liberties. And that's, I think, the area that for most people is the biggest concern. They feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't be an American anymore. I'm not as free as I used to be. Our liberties are at stake. And I think that's why we've got so many people that are probably going to turn out to vote. But but that being said, what type of remedies do you see to some of these things, in particular, um, the uh, the things that you have some some sway over in the United States Senate? Well, the remedies are twofold. Number one, winning the election in November and taking control of the House and Senate. Doing that will give us the ability to have real oversight in the House and Senate, to have hearings, to have subpoenas, to examine and, and bring under legal compulsion, if necessary, the attorney general, the head of the FBI, press down, drill down, and, and fight for some real accountability. It also gives us the ability to do things like fight to defund the 87,000 new IRS agents that the Democrats just ran through. They're doing that because they want those agents to be able to target and harass their political enemies. You know, the book starts, the very beginning of the book, focuses on Loudoun County, Virginia. And in Loudoun County, Virginia, as you know, a 14-year-old girl was sexually assaulted at school by a boy wearing a skirt in the girl's bathroom. And the mm -hmm. school proceeded to cover it up, to lie about it. Their political ideology was such they didn't want to acknowledge it. In fact, they transferred the boy to another school where he turns around and sexually assaults yet another young girl. When the parents come to the school board expressing understandable fury at what happened, the school board continues to lie about it, insist it never happened, and it ends up the father gets arrested, gets thrown to the ground, gets handcuffed, and he gets treated as the criminal, not the sexual predator. Following that, the National Association of School Boards asked the Biden administration to target parents as domestic terrorists using the Patriot Act. And six days later, like Quicksilver, Merrick Garland, Biden's attorney general, sends an official memo to the FBI directing that the FBI target parents who exercise their First Amendment rights 
at school boards, whether speaking up about sexual assaults or speaking up about critical race theory or speaking up about school shutdowns or speaking up about woke ideology on gender issues, all of those areas this administration views as, as political enemies. And right now the FBI is actively interviewing and intimidating parents. It is an abuse of power and we need oversight from Congress. And ultimately what we need to do is win the White House and clean out the politicized officials that have burrowed in to the senior positions in these agencies. Without question. And is this something that you think that is, A, done from the executive branch, whoever becomes president says, hey, we're going to clean shop in the executive branch. Uh, but how much of it can be done through defunding some of these programs in Congress? Well, it needs to be both. Uh, Congress controls the power of the purse, and we should use that. As In particular, as I said, we should use that focusing on the 87,000 new IRS agents. I think that is a fight worth fighting. Republican leadership is probably going to be skittish about fighting that fight. It's the reason I'm spending the entire month on the road campaigning, because not only do I want to see majorities, but I'm trying to help elect strong conservative warriors so that when we have majorities, we'll act like it and use those majorities. That being said, Congress's ability to act is legislative in nature, and the real problem here is on the executive branch. And so the solution is going to take electing a principled conservative as president who is savvy enough to how the government operates, to how the Department of Justice and the FBI and the deep state operates, to be able to clean house. You know, what the book does is, is I start with Richard Nixon. And Richard Nixon tried mm-hmm. to do this. Richard Nixon tried to use DOJ and the FBI, the IRS, to target his political enemies. And by and large, the system worked. Those agencies refused to be politicized, and Nixon resigned in disgrace. Well, Barack Obama succeeded in doing what Rich Nixon tried to do. He used those agencies to attack his political enemies. He used the IRS to go after conservatives, to go after Tea Party activists. And so the book explains how Obama did this and how he fought and covered it up before Congress. When Obama's presidency ended, those hardcore partisans burrowed into the senior career positions at these agencies, and they waged war on the incoming president, President Trump. And and the book, Justice Corrupted, explains how the deep state tried to destroy Donald Trump, personally tried to destroy his presidency. And now with Joe Biden, they're out in the open and they are actively waging war and abusing the power of the federal government. And and it is, I believe Merrick Garland has done more damage to the integrity of the Department of Justice than any attorney general in our nation's history, including John Mitchell, who resigned in disgrace from the Nixon administration and was sentenced to and served prison time for his corruption. Merrick Garland has done worse, I believe, to DOJ. Do you think that there is an appetite for the, I'm not going to say dismissal, but the impeachment of Attorney General Merrick Garland? I do. Uh, and, and I have publicly called for when we take the majority, I think the ver- one of the very first things we do is we should impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Amen. Because Mayorkas has, has presided over the complete abdication of, of his responsibility has opened up the borders to four and a half million illegal immigrants. It is utterly lawless. It is catastrophic. 
and we need to impeach Mayorkas. I think the second impeachment should be Merrick Garland, and I believe Garland's Garland's conduct and his political abuse of DOJ and the FBI more than merits impeachment. And I encourage folks, buy the book, Justice Corrupted. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere you get your books, and it'll give you the inside story of what's really happening. All right, folks, we're on with Senator Ted Cruz. We're coming back with more on the book, Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Legal System. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura podcast network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We're on with Senator Ted Cruz, Texas. Uh, Make sure you pick up a copy. I always say pick up two so you can give one away because 
These types of books are the type of things you want to give to somebody, especially a friend of yours that leans to the left. Great Christmas gift. Senator Cruz, uh, I want to pick your brain about a couple of things. I think the the, the book is going to be a, a hit because these are the type of things that I think people need to know about, want to talk about, and, and are interested in learning more about. Uh, but I have some questions about um, you. I mean, obviously, you ran for president before. You came out of Texas 21. You ran for Senate. And your career has been fantastic. Me personally, I've been on the sidelines cheering you on, hoping that you somehow end up on the Supreme Court because I think you'd be great at that. And 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 I, I know that you, you threw your hat in the ring for president. And I'm wondering, is there another uh, stab at running for president? What do you think of 2024? Oh, look, we'll see what the future holds. I, I can tell you that in 2016, uh, we came incredibly close. We came very, very close to winning. And it's the most fun I've ever had in my life. I, I love every minute of every day. Um, and, I, and I do think this fight matters, that our country, right now, we are facing a greater crisis than, than at certainly any time in my lifetime. Uh, the, the assault from the radical left, I've never seen the Democrats go so extreme, go do so much damage. I look at the Joe Biden presidency, I, I do not know of another two-year period in our nation's history where so much damage was done to the country in two years. And, and what I can tell you is this, Rich, I am committed to fighting with every breath in my body to pulling this country back from the brink. Well, amen to that. Now, more of a biographical question here. How does a nice uh, Cuban-American kid like you end up in a business like <laughs> politics? <laughs> How does that happen? Oh, just lucky, I guess. I, look, <laughs> look, you know, I... <laughs> You know, I grew up in Houston, and, and as you know, my father uh, came from Cuba, and, and he had, as, as a kid, as a teenager, fought in the Cuban Revolution. My father fought uh, with Fidel Castro, uh, and he was thrown in prison. He was tortured in Cuba, and he fled Cuba when he was 18 years old. He came to America, came to Texas. When he got to Texas, he didn't know anybody. He had no money. He couldn't speak English. He had $100 that was sewn into his underwear. And his first job was washing dishes. He made 50 cents an hour. Wow. Uh, subsequently, that was 57. 59, the revolution succeeds. Castro takes over, and they discover Castro is even worse than his predecessor. My aunt, my father's kid sister, my tia Sonia, mm -hmm. she was still in Cuba. She fought in the counter-revolution against Castro. And Castro's goons threw my, my tia Sonia in jail and imprisoned and tortured her. Wow. And, and when I was a kid, Rich, growing up, I, I would literally sit at the feet of, of my dad and, and my aunt uh, in the living room, and I'd listen to them tell stories uh, of fighting for freedom. And, and all I ever wanted to do from when I was a little kid was be a freedom fighter. That, that inspired me uh, listening to, to just, you know, in, in, in their life experience, Politics wasn't just, oh, that's interesting, that's nice. There was an urgency to it, that having principled men and women in office is how you protect yourself from tyranny. And I think we're seeing the, the, that risk playing out right now under the radicals leading the Democrat Party today. That's quite a story. Folks, we're on with Senator Ted Cruz. He's the author of Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Legal System. And, Senator, uh, how do you handicap the race, uh, presuming, you know, you're not in it. How do you see it unfolding with the current um, field of candidates? Well, on the Democrat side, uh, I do not believe Joe Biden is going to run. 
I, 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 I think that the chances of his running are almost zero. He, he's plainly too old, too diminished. I just think he doesn't have the capacity to even remotely do the job now. And, and I think the chances are almost zero that he runs. Uh, if that's correct, then I think you're going to see a big field on the Democrat side. To my mind, the top tier, the top four candidates are Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Gavin Newsom, and Elizabeth Warren. And, and the four of them, they are already stabbing daggers in each other's back. You, you see them planning stories, attacking each other, positioning, going back and forth. I think that's going to be a nasty fight. I don't know who wins that fight. I think all of them are dangerous as hell, but but I think it's going to be a, a vigorous primary on that side. Yeah. So you don't you don't give any credence to the uh, rumors and innuendos that all out crazy AOC might throw her hat in the ring. I, I don't think it's impossible. Um, the, there's no doubt that AOC is where the base of the Democrat Party is. My guess is. Uh, that she doesn't. But, you know, what do I know? I, I'm certainly not an expert on, on Democratic uh, Party primary politics. And, and so, you know, their their base is pretty crazy and, and they, they sure sure do think well of her. Now, I guess ultimately the um, the big the big kahuna is this uh, midterm election here. And I, I feel confident and I'm hopeful that Republicans will, will do well. But are there any races that you're looking at that are super tight that you're worried about? You know, just about all of them. Um, it, it's if you look across the country in terms of pickup opportunities, I think the single best pickup opportunity for Republicans in the Senate is Nevada. Adam Laxalt. He's running a great campaign. I've done multiple yeah. rallies with him. I think Adam is in a good position to win. But that race, he's got probably a three or four point lead. So it's still close. Um, I think the next best pickup opportunity is the state of Georgia, where I spent all day today. Uh, with Herschel Walker. I, I think Herschel is going to win that race. I think the momentum is with us. I think Herschel is probably up three or four points as well. Um, after that, the, the, the next two races are, are probably Arizona and New Hampshire. Uh, both of those, several weeks ago, the Democrats had a sizable lead. Both of those races have narrowed now that I think they're within a couple of points. And I think we've got a real shot Blake Masters of winning in Arizona and General Bulldog of winning in New Hampshire. Uh, after that, I would say the next tier, Colorado is a race that is winnable. Joe, Joe O'Day is, is running a hard campaign, and I think Bennett is quite vulnerable. Colorado is a tougher state. Um, and then I, I'll give you a long shot possibility for a pickup, mm-hmm. which is Washington State, Tiffany Smiley, who, who I think is – a really good candidate in, in a tough state, in, in a traditionally blue state. So it would take a very good Republican year. Now, those are our pickup opportunities. We also need to not lose states. And so that means we need Dr. Oz to win in, in Pennsylvania. I think the debate was devastating for Fetterman. I think Oz's chances of winning have risen dramatically in the last 48 hours. Um, I think J.D. Vance is going to win in Ohio. He's going to hold that seat, I believe. Eric Schmidt's going to win in Missouri. I was campaigning with J.D. just a few days ago. Ted Budd, I think, is going to win in North Carolina. I was campaigning with, with Ted day before yesterday. Uh, so I like our prospects. I, I think we're going to come out of this election winning control of the Senate. And I think we could be somewhere around 53, 54 Republicans in the Senate, which would be a very strong outcome. 
Outstanding. That's that's pretty good. I'm, I'm glad I'm hearing that. Folks, Senator Ted Cruz is the author of Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Legal System. Make sure you pick up a couple of copies. Give one to somebody that will be annoyed by it, and hopefully they'll learn something. Senator, I want to thank you for being with us. Godspeed to you and everything that you're doing. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. God bless. And, and, and I think you guys will enjoy the book. It, it tells a lot of inside stories, including the first inside account of what actually happened on January 6th. Mm. I was standing on the Senate floor leading the Senate objections. It walks through President Trump asking me to, to personally argue the Supreme Court case if the court had taken the case. And so it brings people behind the curtain to really understand what's going on on these issues. And I think you'll enjoy it and and also hopefully learn something and find it useful as well outstanding folks senator ted cruz justice corrupted how the left weaponized our legal system thank you again senator thank you you got it folks more to come straight ahead i am rich valdez at rich valdez on all of the social media we'll be right back this is america when it comes to life's adventures hyundai is thinking of every mile it's your journey our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis from the Chiquis and Chill podcast. State Farm apoya con orgullo este podcast and all the storytellers on the My Cultura podcast network. They value nuestra familia as much as we do, and that's why they're offering surprisingly great rates, so you don't have to give up on doing what you love. With State Farm, you'll help protect what's important to you. Together, we're committed to elevating the Latino experience. It's our time to be heard about so many topics. Y con el apoyo de State Farm, nuestras voces can speak about mental health, familia, financial literacy, body positivity, y mucho más. State Farm supports our vision, our communities, our neighborhoods, y nuestra gente. Tus seres queridos son tan importantes para ellos como lo son para ti. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. State Farm, a proud sponsor of the My Cultura Podcast Network. This is America. 
All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And like I said, we're days away from uh, the what many are going to call the big red wave. You got President Trump saying that he is uh, announcing his um, campaign on the 14th of November, which is uh, huge news uh, just a week after Election Day. And I think putting it out there, it creates this small window, right? It's a very strategic move because here's why. You've got Merrick Garland that wants to indict or arrest Donald Trump on whatever trumped-up charge he's got. He can't do it before Election Day because that would violate the long-standing rules of the Department of Justice, and he's trying to, to adhere to those. So if he had it his way, he would go ahead and arrest Trump on the 9th of November. However, with Trump making this announcement, now he's kind of hedged his bets because now you've got Merrick Garland potentially... Uh, stirring the pot just a week after election day this is going to be a problem because it's going to look political because it's already out there in the universe that trump is announcing on the 14th and trump will turn around and say it looks like it's very political my friends the fake news media the corrupt doj the corrupt fbi they're all coming after me this is huge this is a conspiracy against you and me and the american people and he'd be 100 percent right that's exactly what's happening when this type of thing goes down this is why we have to make sure to keep an eye on Merrick Garland and see, you know, how he's doing his three-card Monty because it looks like he's only going to have that week in order to do it because once Trump's campaign is officially launched, it's going to look like a political witch hunt. We're trying to prevent him from running for office. So there's this window of a week, at least in my opinion. That's how I see it. And I think there's not even a window because it came, the news came out last week, right? By Friday, we knew that Trump was announcing on the 14th of November. So now what does Merrick Garland do if he wants to indict El Trumpito Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States? Hmm, right? He's got to worry about other stuff uh, or, or risk it and say, no, 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 we were planning on doing it, but we were going to wait and because he decided to do whatever and he should have known it was coming. And I don't know how it's going to go down, but that uh, is what I would suspect is going to be the case that they might have to lay off uh, or go for it and, and risk you know, helping his campaign. Because if they say, all right, look, we're going to arrest him, Trump should get ready, put on his nicest suit, put his hands up and say, cuff me, guys, perp walk me, because that's going to help him get reelected, in my humble opinion. Now, in other news, <clears throat> Oprah Winfrey was in town for your guy, John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor, and... Uh, I, uh, I, I, I listen, I like Oz. I think he, Dr. Oz will be a, a fantastic senator. Uh, but it amazes me how many people really like Fetterman. Fetterman's very, very popular, and I can't explain why, but he is. And this, to me, is, is problematic because if, if a guy that's that far to the left and sympathizer with Bernie Sanders and brought in Biden and doing, all, in my opinion, everything that you can do that's wrong, he's doing it. And if that's happening and it's working, then that means that there's an electorate there that has an appetite for that. There are people across the state of Pennsylvania that are really interested in this uh, collectivist, Bernie Sanders, socialist utopia. And that is a problem. Because that's not something you're going to fix at the ballot box. That's something you've got to fix in the classroom. You've got to fix at your local church. You've got to fix in everything you do at the most local level there is, at the grassroots level, because that's where it's happening. This is, in my opinion, a battle for the hearts and minds of all American children and adults and seniors. This is it. It's on. They want your heart and they want your mind. They want you to support them and their ideas. 
And this is where we have to draw the line. This is not a, a duel. This doesn't mean we don't talk to our family. It doesn't mean you talk to your friends. Sure, you talk to everybody. You're friendly with everybody. You love everybody. You go to Thanksgiving. You give mm, a big hug and a kiss. Un abrazo fuerte. A big, big hug. A strong hug. But we can't sit here and agree with everything. And we have to learn how to disagree agreeably, in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of people that say, no, I don't put myself in that. I don't go to see my family. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I think that's the wrong thing to do. I think the right thing to do is have the discussion. You just say, look, I really respect you. I got nothing but love for you, but I don't agree with your position. This is why I don't agree. This is my perspective. Or you can do what you've been brainwashed and programmed to do for a millennia. Don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. Probably two of the most important topics that guide our lives in so many ways. And we've been taught, don't talk about that. Talk about sports. <laughs> talk about things that have zero consequence. I think that's a cowardly way to live. That's why I like to talk about politics and occasionally religion. And I like to do it on the radio with a lot of people so that you could chime in. And speaking of the radio, uh, thank you for those of you who are listening uh, on WPHT or those of you that are listening on the podcast and have been listening to the new syndicated show. We're uh, still working out. Uh, the transition from uh, the Bohannon show, and he is a legend, and God bless him. I'm so grateful to to be on that program, and uh, we will be uh, kind of relaunching it uh, in January. So I'm looking forward to that as well, and it's it's a blast. It really is a pleasure to be on you know hundreds of stations uh, from New York to Alaska and everywhere in between, and have that conversation every evening. And everybody listening on the podcast and streaming this, thank you for sharing this with your friends. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing it. It means the world to me. And, uh, of course, when you patronize the sponsors and those three minutes of commercials every break, uh, of course, that's how everybody pays the bills. So <laughs> thank you for doing that as well, and uh, I appreciate you. But I wanted to just emphasize how important this election was for that purpose because if we don't get it right now, we don't get a mulligan. We've got to do it again, and that's where it's problematic. All right, now, I also wanted to hear this clip of Oprah Winfrey who uh, came into Pennsylvania to support John Fetterman. Listen to this. I said it was up to the citizens of Pennsylvania. And of course, but I will tell you all this. If I lived in Pennsylvania, I would already cast my vote for John Fetterman for many reasons. Well, thank you for your expertise, Oprah. You know, now this is one of those things again, that's just, uh, I don't know. You know, Oprah has that celebrity power. And I guess because she kind of helped to invent Dr. Oz, bringing him on her show. It's kind of like, oh, not even Oprah, who put you on, likes you, right? So if nobody likes you, nobody likes you. And I get that. I get that. I, I truly, sorry about that. I trailed off for a moment there. I, I do get it. And this is politics, and that's how politics works. So, okay, granted, no problemo. Very, very good. But we have to just keep our eye on the pulse here, you know, and see, you know, little because this is the lifeline of America, the, the, the policies that are going into things, the fact that we have um, Biden and his administration and all of his friends at Fetterman, who now says, ah, I'm cool with fracking, but before said he wasn't cool with fracking. And it's like, you know, what, what are you going to do once you get to the Senate? Who, which Fetterman are you going to be? And will you remember what you said? Because we realize that there's some, some problems there. So uh, I'm, I'm very uh, suspect about that. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to focus on some of the crazy things that are happening, right? And there's always crazy things, but a few are a little more extra crazy. Uh, on the radio show at night, uh, something I, I covered was the fact that NBC has pulled this uh, explosive report on Paul Pelosi, and I'll play it for you in a second. But 
It went on the Today Show. They took it off the Today Show. Now I think it's only available in one spot on the NBC News website. It's not very readily available, but it's there so that, you know, they don't totally uh, disassociate themselves with it. But it brings up this new information that they say the police didn't really know that they were showing up to the Pelosi's house and that the, the guy was there with him for a half hour before the cops got there. And and uh, he, he didn't seem like he was injured. And again, maybe he was already hit in the head. Maybe, you know, who knows what happened? Uh, I agree with them in this instance that when you're under duress, if the guy's, you know, threatening you by hammer to the head, you know, you're probably going to be like, no, officer, everything's fine. And, you know, maybe if you have the courage, you'll do a little wink, wink, nod, nod. And maybe the cop will realize, OK, this guy's in trouble. But otherwise, you might be like, no, you know what? I don't want to die. I don't want to get a freaking hammer to the head. So I, I get that this could be contentious. And I know there's other schools of thought that say that he had a, a relationship with the man, a prior relationship. He understood uh, they knew each other or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I have zero reason to believe that other than a bunch of people talking about it on Twitter. So I can't go down that rabbit hole right now. But I, what I can say is that uh, it's interesting that NBC News would pull the report. Now, of course, we know that they do these types of things in the media. They they pull reports. They you know, uh, they censor things. They say the New York Post can't publish this and they, they kill the Hunter Biden story and they do all sorts of things. And I get that. But I find it remarkably interesting that they're doing this right now because there's so many eyes on this. But what happens is when you become so brash like Pelosi and you, you feel like you can do anything and that's how she talks to the reporters. Whenever anybody pushes back or they ask her question, she goes, I answered it. Ah, right, right. You know, she just grabs her broom and she just, you know, she gets in their face a little bit of Nancy La Bruja Pelosi and they get it and they're like, oh man, she's tough. And they, they leave her alone. They don't ruffle too many feathers. And it's because it's, it's, a, it's a sense of entitlement, this air of superiority that they have where they feel like they're allowed to do everything and you're not allowed to do anything. So I just wanted to uh, put that out there that NBC pulled that report. And let me see if I can get that to play. Stand by. We have it. All right. Roll it. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he 
brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive, after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. Law enforcement, tell, law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. So there's your report on Paul Pelosi, and that's what disappeared from the NBC News uh, Today Show website. Uh, I will let you decide what you think on that. Let me know your thoughts at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I'd love to hear your input on that. And the last thing I want to share is an article that I'm looking at in Just the News, justthenews.com. This is a, a interesting article because this is something that's been going on for a long time. Before I worked in government, I spent a couple of years, maybe like eight years, working in uh, post-secondary higher education. And I learned a lot of things about a lot of things. And back then, there was something called public service loan forgiveness. So if you work for the government or you work for a nonprofit or studied social work or whatever, you, you, could, um, you could apply to have your, your debt wiped out because they realized that if you become a social worker, you'll spend, I don't know, $60,000 a year to get educated and, and get your master's in social work, but you're only going to make $45,000 a year working at these nonprofits. So the government came up with this thing called public service loan forgiveness so that if you agreed to work for the government for at least five years, they would forgive your federal student loan debt. That's been going on forever. I mean, back in 06, this was a thing, which is when I worked in uh, higher ed. So I can tell you that's been happening, but they've been expanding that and expanding that because I haven't worked in government for a number of years and I got an email from the government about my student loan saying, Hey, we're expanding the criteria. It used to be for every, you know, five or 10 years that you worked there, they would erase a certain amount of debt or something similar to the formula I'm describing. I could be wrong on that, but the the point is they've now eliminated it. And if you've ever worked in a nonprofit, if you've ever worked for the government, if you've ever worked um, in one of the social work fields, they are now looking at uh, discharging your debt and opening that criteria. So the article here by Nick Ballacy here, in uh, Just the News, it says Democrats propose expanding student loan forgiveness for government employees. Again, an old idea, but it's being renewed by House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn of South Carolina and uh, Democrat from Pennsylvania, Brendan Boyle. They're proposing new legislation to expand the public service loan forgiveness program as a way to encourage more young people to do what? To work for the government, to be on the dole in many ways. Federal, state, and local government full-time employees, as well as employees of tax-exempt nonprofit organizations, are eligible to apply for student loan forgiveness under PSLF. The existing program discharges any remaining federal student loan balance after borrowers make 10 years' worth of payments, according to the financial website NerdWallet. However, they've changed the guidelines so that any payments you've made, even deferments, would count towards this 10 years of payments. And as of August of this year, 2022, the U.S. Department of Ed is indicating that a, a 1.5, let's call it 1.6 million borrowers have applied 
for PSLF, Temporary Expanded Public Service Loan Forgiveness. And since November 9th of 2020, 210,000, just a little over 210,000, had their loans discharged. So this is a big deal and something that I personally could benefit from, but I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea that we now subsidize people to go to college, have that loan forgiven, and now they become a part of the deep state, the bureaucracy, the um, the um, the inner machinations of government that are really making things worse rather than better. That would be so ironic, but that's what they're doing, and we must stop them. That bill needs to be stopped, this uh, this leftward lurch of the Democrat party needs to be stopped. And hopefully that day of reckoning is coming this Tuesday. Now, if I'm wrong, I suspect that uh, I think Republicans are going to fare pretty well and have a a number of pickups in house seats and, and a couple of Senate seats as well. And I won't make any crazy predictions just yet. Uh, but I will say, I do believe that there will be election. I do believe that these elections will be, uh, for the most part, favorable to Republicans. And there'll be a couple of Democrat upsets, And I think hopefully this will put to bed everybody that says, what's the use in voting? They're just going to steal my election anyway. Hopefully all of you people will shut up and never speak again. That's just my hope that you'll actually say, all right, you know what? It's over. It's behind us. You can go outside without getting mugged, even though you may have been mugged at one point. You know what? If your wife cheated on you, maybe you can wake up one day and go realize, you know, she's not going to cheat on me every day, even though she cheated on me once. Again, I don't know what that's like, but... My, my hope is that you will start to believe that your vote counts again. Otherwise, we're done. And that's what the bad guys want. The bad guys want us to be done. So don't let them have their way. We've got to stick together and stand up for what's right in this republic. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And remember, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. I'm Rich Valdez. And this is America. This is America. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Vacations are supposed to be easy, right? Lots of stress-free time spent on the beach with a drink in hand, making memories that will last a lifetime. So, booking a vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. They offer easily bookable, all-inclusive vacation packages with exclusive non-stop vacation flights to your favorite vacation destinations. Explore deals to AMR collection resorts and plan your luxury vacation with ease. It's like turning on easy mode. Get started at applevacations.com.